thanks for joining us for episode nine of Bell to Bell podcast. If you want to see us on the flat in the flesh, we're on VIP YouTube, or if we're three gentlemen who have faces for radio, just have a listen on Spotify where you can download, listen to it in the car, trains, wherever you like. I'm Steve Lillis. This week, we have my co-host and great pal, top boxing journalist, John Evans, um, one of the most knowledgeable guys around, but alongside him, a true boxing college of knowledge. He's Celeste Ferdinand's golfing partner, a man who challenged three times to the British title in a long career. It is now developing young fighters and training them and working, uh, you know, keeping people fit. And one thing we, we do say on this podcast, he's another one of the guests we've had along who we don't see giving their expert advice on TV. Gary Shogun Logan. How you doing, mate? Nice oh, good. to be here. Pleasure. Absolute pleasure, mate. Good to see you and uh, good, good to have you, have you on here because, you know what, um, for those people who don't know you, you really do know your boxing and you're up there and uh, you're one of these guys. I mean, I'm not, I know bits of history. I'm not a great boxing historian. Yeah. But when I hear you and Spencer Fearon go on, it's like listening to um, people yeah. coming like me. It's like listening to two, um, you know, when you hear train spotters talking codes on a platform. <laughs> That's what it's like. <laughs> That's a very good analogy. That's a very good analogy. But I'll tell you what, right? I have been so I've been so blessed because boxing came into my life at a very young age, way before I was even allowed to box. Um, I used to go to this library. I used to live in Clapham, and um, I used to live in Clapham Common, Old Town, yeah. and we had the library right at the top of the road, or Orlando Road, and I was I always Orlando, in there. Yeah. And I bucked up on this. Yeah, I, I remember I bucking up on this book. And it had Muhammad Ali on the cover. And it was just like, it was, a, it, was a, it was a book for kids. This is how amazing it was. It was like an easily readable book for kids. So kids got to know who Muhammad Ali was. Got to remember, I'm, this is like me at about nine or 10 years old. So you've got to remember, a 10-year-old kid already knows about Muhammad Ali. And that was it. I was obsessed with him when he was on the telly. Remember, he used to, he used to have TV adverts. Um, Champ Burger used to be a Champ, Champ Burger. He did various adverts. And at one point, at that time, he was the most famous man on the planet, yeah. other than the president, of, um, the president of Russia and the president of the United States. That's how big he was. So I, and I used to go to school, and if I got in a fight, I'd try and box my way out of the fight. I, was, I wasn't <laughs> having a row with trying to bite their ear off or anything. I was probably using my left jab or anything, you know? So, uh, but mum, mum, unfortunately, wouldn't allow me to box until... I ironically got chucked out the soccer team for fighting. So that's when it all started at 13. Good stuff. Well, you know, you've been good for boxing, that long career that we was on about. And now we're going to hear a lot of your thoughts, your thoughts life, on some current topics. Are you okay, John, as well? I see you've got your hands of stone. I'm good, around. yeah. I, I, wore my, I wore my Roberto Duran T-shirt to make Gary feel at home because I'm yeah. always his favourite. Uh, like, well, hey, look, oh, Gary, great. You know what? Let's, let's pause it and let me go and put my one on. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, obviously, that's a top top. For, for you, those of you listening to Bell to Bell for the first time, it's a bit different. It's very quick, this, this um, podcast, video cast. Six topics over six three-minute rounds. And if you're still talking at the end of three minutes, what happens, John Evans? And uh, simple as that, really. Um, John got John always has the first topic, I'm afraid, uh, Gary. Um, but Barry Jones elbowed him aside last week, and um, 
<laughs> he, was, he wasn't a happy John Evans. He threatened to jack and wouldn't do yeah, a grand podcast with VIP. There's all sorts he wouldn't do. John's a quiet man, but um, he's like one of these um, loveys. You know, these journalists who say, I'm the press, I'm the press. John can be a bit like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Gary. John's got to go first this week and you'll have to be second. Not John, a problem. Far away. Not a problem. Ready? Well, we're gonna let's let's start off with a uh, Dickens Christmas Carol and uh, Jazza Dickens last week. Um, the first time I saw Jazza Dickens was at Oldham Sports Centre, and you get all the kids walking into the latest rap or terrible dance music and stuff like that these days. And this kid walked into Peter Gabriel Salisbury Hill, and he was different straight away. And he had the footwork, he had the yes. angles. He was a different fighter. You get to know Jazza, and you get to know about just how hard he had it. You know, you, you hear some tough stories about people growing up in the States, but Jazz's story beats everyone's. Um, you then get to meet him in different scenarios. I've seen him in front of 10 people at Liverpool Olympia. I've seen him on dinner shows talking to the diners with his hand wraps on. I've seen him in his dressing room after Kid Galahad beat him in tears. And there's been times when he's been the only man on the planet chasing Rigondo. And then last Wednesday, he finally put it together. He didn't get involved in a messy brawl. He showed his footwork, he showed his brains, he boxed really well, and he made what on paper was a 50-50 into a bit of a breakout performance. I was really pleased for Jazza. Yeah, with, with Jazza, for me, what, what, what's impressed me, and by the way, I'll have a quick plug. If you want to learn his backstory, you don't know it, as a, a Fox Nation meets Jazza Dickens on YouTube that I made, and it's um, quite incredible stuff. Um, you know, the background of his family, and how they, you know, his dad particularly has come through this. But what, what, what I love about um, Jazza is how not to ride him off. I remember that more than seven years ago, eight years ago, when he fought um, Kid Galahad. He was the big prospect, and Galahad was um, someone else, and he just gassed that night. He fell apart, and I thought he would never, ever make it. And there, there's a great example of people like me, and I did at the time, rock, you know, dismiss him for, as, as one mm. for the future. Because he had such a, a big build-up. Mm. What do you think, Gary? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, the other night I thought he was absolutely superb. You know, I don't think I gave, don't think I gave um, Walsh a round until about round five. It was that he was, you know, he was edging them, but he just looked the classier guy. And every time Walsh did try to up it and up up the gears. You know, Jazza had another gear for him. You know, the movement was superb. Um, listen, the game's about hitting and not getting hit. And he more than exemplified that the other night. It was a superb performance. It was, it was a real coming out performance. But you know what? When you look at his experience and who he's fought, he's had the losses to Galahad. He's had the losses to Rigondo. But some, I know it's, we get so enamored with the unbeaten record. But it's the losses that normally shape you as a fighter. You know, it's the losses. You've got to go through the loss to really, really shape you as a fighter. You know, some fighters are blessed that they can go through a career near unbeaten and good for them. But, you know, for your, your meat and potatoes sort of guys, like a Jazzy Dickens that hasn't had the big, the big, oh, here you go. There we go, round to next topic, Steve. Your first one, Gary. Well, what's that going to be tonight? Um, Let's talk yard and half, but. Yeah. Go on. Um, yeah, um, going into the fight, going into the fight, I said um, Yard is seven to ten rounds, but I did put a big if. I tweeted it. I said if 
he gets and solves the jab that he didn't solve against Kovalev. Yeah? And he didn't solve Kovalev's jab and he didn't solve Arthur's jab. And um, that's to his detriment. Started too late. Started coming on far too late. Obviously, he's won his fair, shoot, fair round, fair few rear, uh, share of rounds. But I just had Arthur just nicking it with that jab. And, and, the, and the most damaging thing, I think, for Yard at this point in his career is the fact that he had to know after five or six rounds that this man was beating him only with one hand or this man was only throwing one hand and he still couldn't solve that puzzle. And I always say with boxers, you've got to, in order to go up, up the levels in boxing, you've got to have a decent jab because the jab will take you around the world and you've got to be able to stop the jab. And he was able to not to do either, unfortunately, in this fight. Yeah, um... You know, I think what he looked, he, you know, he's obviously a brilliant athlete, but the other night, even if he had, yes. you know, what, what we've seen two weeks running now in fights is fighters that have learned that jab at Team GB. Joe Joyce last week, Lyndon yeah. Arthur when he was at GB and in the WSB. Now, and he was up against the other night. Now, if he'd had the, he only had 12 amateur fights, um, Yard, and I don't think they were the greatest level. You, um, John or yourself might educate me a bit more on that. Yeah. But, he was obviously, he hasn't been taught a jab. He hasn't been taught these basics at all. Um, what exactly. would he have shown me, Yard, exactly. if he was taught something, he could be a hell of a fighter. Oh, I could. I, 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 he, for me, he, he sorry to cut you, he no. and Boatsy are by far the best athletes in the light heavyweight division. Yeah? They are the best athletes. But I would say Boatsy's Team GB background puts him ahead of, Anthony's power. He's got the has got the boxing background and the fundamentals in place to get himself out of trouble. And as we know, as I said to you before, the jab will take you've nailed it on the head. Arthur, Boatsy, they've they've learned even AJ, AJ gets pilloried for not being the boxer that Tyson Fury is. But I keep saying to people, that's for another day. He's gonna shock Fury with that jab. I'm telling you, he's gonna shock him with that jab because he's got the fundamentals in place. And this is what Anthony needed to have. And Maybe, maybe Tundi's worked on the other attributes of Anthony, his athleticism, his power, his, his ability normally to make somebody miss and then make them pay. But we didn't see that in this fight, and unfortunately, he's come out the wrong end of it. Yeah, just a couple of seconds left. I think we should give a shout for Lyndon, how well he held himself together, especially with that yes. arm and hand injury. Uh, ice cool. Steve? Yeah, um, my first topic, no hurry for Murray. Um, this is a guy I've got quite close to, Martin Murray, over the last few years. We've had a lot of chats um, about things in life in general. Not, you know, one of the few boxers I speak to and we chat, we don't really talk boxing. It's more life. And he's hinted at retirement before. He's hinted at it again, but never quite done it. And I'm scared that if that money offer comes in, um, he'll come back and he'll have one fight too many against a young prospect looking for... A ranking, um, you know, and, I, you know, and he's already getting known to by a lot of people as a high-end gatekeeper. I mean, if you look at his world title, mm. he drew with Sturm, then he had the Martinez, Golovkin, Alpha Abraham, Billy Joe Saunders, all defeats, and let's not forget the George Groves loss as well. So all, mm. you know, which wasn't a world title, all high high-end. But apart from the Martinez fight, he didn't win any of them, even though it was a Sturm draw. It was one of those in Germany mm. where Sturm did enough, and. What worries me about Martin Maybox again from our chats, from, you know, we haven't chatted for a while, was two, three years ago, I did a show with him at BT. And we were both, you know, in the car going back to Houston Station afterwards. And we were chatting about boxing and 
Martin knew what he was after, getting a few quid, and he wasn't going to train fighters. It was all about his family. You know, I don't know how well you know him, Gary. I know John knows him well. Mm. And have making enough money and getting some properties and all that, which I think he's done. Um, but over the last year and a half, he's gradually fallen in love more with boxing. He's training kids. He's going to go in corners. He, we were speaking the other week and telling me how he's really he's enjoying it a lot more than a few years ago, where he was thinking, right, what is there for me financially? And I'm just worried he might, he might just carry on too long. Because at the end now, now, if he retires now, he was never a world champion. But what a career for a guy who just really shows yeah. you. What a career for someone who won an ABA title and went, in, you know, was, went to jail. He was on the run when he won the ABAs. And to turn his life around and make money from boxing has been superb. I'm just frightened that he'll just carry on now. And it worries me. It's, it's the lure of boxing, isn't it? You just never know when to say no. You never know. Um, you never know when to just walk away because the life, um, the money that it can give you in one. As you said, if he's going to be a gatekeeper, somebody will have to pay him a, a decent sum of money in order to have that sort of gatekeeper fight against a young, up and coming, and possibly dangerous super middleweight. And uh, and as I said, you know, this is probably you know short of Robin Banks. This is what's turned his life around. It's given him the income never to have to even ever think about making the mistakes that he made in his young life. So the history of boxing, mate, mate, they all go on too long. They all go on too long. Joe Louis, Muhammad Ali, you know, they all do it. It's just the way it is. It is. Let's go about um, Pat Barrett and Black Flash Promotions. Yeah. Um, this is a mm. rise from absolute nothing. Um, Zelfa's very keen on saying we're diamonds in the dirt. You know, we, we've got talent, but we're down amongst the real dirt in the gutter and we need polishing up. And Pat, Tommy McDonough, Frank McDonough, Chris Mailer, who never gets a shout up at Black Flash, they saw yeah. potential in these kids in this gym seven or eight years ago now and started working away, started working away with Zelfa Linden, Sean Ben Mulligan, Matty, Matty Ryan and people like that. They started putting on their own shows and they've all come up together. They've all learned together. Pat, if you've been in the gym with him, he must be, I know Lyndon said at weekend, it's love-hate. I think he's a very demanding trainer. If you don't get it right, he'll spend an hour going over the mm. same little footwork, the same little, make sure your knuckles are turned over to the right degree. He'll just, I got a bollocking last week for talking to Zelf while he was skipping. He's a very, <laughs> very demanding Pat. But I think Pat's grown as a trainer, the gym's all grown, and I thought, Weekend for Pat to guide through Lyndon Arthur through a fight with one hand against Anthony Yard. I think yeah. it showed just how far Pat's come as a trainer, how far yeah. the gym's come, and uh, let's just hope we can bring the next wave through now. Yeah, I mean, well, I'll... you know, go on, Gary. So, mate, me and Pat go way back. Mickey Duff sent me up there to spar with him when he was European champion, you know. Um, and I mean, Pat could bang, and he had a wonderful jab, great body puncher. He had it all, but the only thing he didn't have, and he'll admit it to you that he didn't have the commitment that it took to go to the next level. He was easily yeah. distracted at that time. I found him quite easily distractible, and he'll admit that now. And so these mistakes that he's made, it's just the same as we're sort of parallel in that way that we understand boxing more so now as coaches because we understand the mistakes that he's made. Luckily for Pat, he was talented enough to embrace and take advantage of winning a British and European title. But, um, you know... This is what now makes Pat that sort of coach. The one that's dotting the I's, crossing the T's. He is not letting them boys 
do anything wrong. He's meticulous in his preparation. And we see that, you know, we, we saw that in the corner. I mean, his corner work was superb the other night. He just kept making this guy stay disciplined and stay with that jab. The only stupid thing Linda did, as I said, was throw that stupid right uppercut in the last round where he got nearly got chinned as a consequence. But other than that, other than that, um, that you know, I'm so happy for them um, that they've broken through. And um, let's long may it continue. Yeah, just, just I know we're running out of time on this one, but what I also want to credit Pat for, and he was brilliant in the corner the other night, simple instructions and calmly given. Yeah. But it's how yeah. he guided guys like Lyndon on the right path. Lyndon's brother, um, sorry, not Lyndon, Zelfa's brother got, um, Zelfa Barrett's brother was, um, was, was, was murdered, you know, Pat's, yeah. Pat's nephew, cousin, no, Pat's mm-hmm. cousin, and he just guided it, he made sure he put him on a great path. Gary, your Fantastic. topic. Second topic, Gary. I've got it. Oh, my God. Oh, Jesus Christ. Spence, Spence Garcia. Great fight weekend. What we're talking about. Great fight weekend. Um, Spence and Danny Garcia. Really good trade fight. And when I say trade fight, allow me to break into. These guys, they think they're pay-per-view. But me and you, knew who these guys were. Yeah. Unfortunately for these guys, they want pay-per-view money, but the man in the street don't know who they are. You know, because maybe their press team are not working hard to make them cross over. When we had pay-per-view fights in our time, super fights as they were, these guys had crossed over into the general public's consciousness. But that's for another discussion for another day. The fight um, went exactly as I, as I thought it would. Um, Spence being smarter with his jab than previously given credit for, doing everything off his jab, and he's an ins- insane work rate in the middle range when he just goes up the gears, doesn't he? You know, I mean, he's done it to Kelbrook on a night when I think Kelbrook beat many of the best weights of that era at that time. He did it to Sean Porter in a classic as well, when Sean Porter probably boxed the best we've ever seen him. And he did it to Danny Garcia, who looked really good the other night in little pockets, really good counter-punching, good body shots. But he just couldn't sustain it because Spence just drags it out of you. He's just incessant. He just keeps coming. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. I, I, I was really pleased with Errol Spence because we spoke about this last week. Um, there was mm. questions about how he'd come back because yeah. that wasn't just a, a shunt at a set of traffic lights. That was a yeah. potential life-ending crash. But... There was no worries about stamina. He wasn't no. um, punch, uh, sorry, gun shy. There was nothing. He was the old Errol Spence. Maybe he was yeah. better than ever because he dominated yeah. Danny Garcia to such an extent. And let's just hope we do get a super fight, Crawford against Spence. Yeah. Can I say, can I say one more thing? What I love about him and Derek James is the Errol Spence that you see on the pads is exactly the Errol Spence you see yeah. on fire night. Yeah. There's none of this flashy pads and none of this doesn't deviate from what he does well, mate. Their pad work is insane. I mean, he doesn't stop punching for like 25 minutes, does he? No, no, it's all fight scenarios, isn't it? It's fight scenarios played out on the pads. Yeah, just yeah, briefly, brilliant, brilliant. Running out of time. And I think with something you both touched on, it'd be shocking if we don't see Spence Crawford in 2021. But something Absolutely. Gary mentioned, for us, that's like boxing porn. But how do yeah. you sell that to the American public to pay 70 quid. You know, how do you get a British TV company to pay $2 million for it? Yeah. Um, 
My, my final topic is um, fighters who might break down now. Um, you know, will boxers, some boxers become old or lose something overnight because of the COVID layoff? You know, boxing get, is getting busier now. You know, you know, I'm wondering how many fighters, you know, the sport's going to lose. I think I touched on this briefly with John on Saturday night. Um, mm. You know, Michael Ramabaletsa, you know, I know he's late 30s. That was he, that was a that was a worn a shot worn fighter then in the other night and the shadow of the man who has beaten three mm. unbeaten fighters. I think it was Joe Echo, Indy Sangahara, and Ryan Walker. Is it he beat um, in his last three mm -hmm. outings and a twelve month yeah. layoff in his late thirties? You know, is, is going to be hard against him. But how many fighters do you think could be affected by this layoff? I, you know, I wonder for even elite guys over thirty. You know, even mm. you know. Josh Warrington, when he returns, you know, he was at that peak where fighters have an 18 month of being unstoppable. Um, and will he have lost anything in that year when he comes back against, I think they're playing in Kanzu for early February. Um, mm. he, he was at his peak when the layoff come. And, uh, you know, you, you, had, you had, I think you, Gary, had five years out after um, Ensley Bingham. And then you still come yeah. back to court, Jamie Moore. You had that mad, that mad Sunday afternoon against Spencer Fearon, which we were talking about earlier. <laughs> yeah. Do you think Hussein Osman? That Hussein Osman that got voted fight of the year. Do you remember that? That was after, after it, wasn't it? You know what? Yeah, I was, it was after Spencer. Yeah, yeah that was yeah, that was, so, that was um, second. Was it the second fight after it? Yeah, second fight yeah. after. Yeah. I yeah. just, yeah. just wonder if you think that you particularly go. You think we're going to lose a lot of fighters who are going to become old overnight during because of COVID. You know what? It, it's, it's down to one thing. How are they? How are they? Are they keeping themselves in shape, and are they staying fresh? So the fights that were leading up to COVID were they wars? If you're getting hit a lot in sparring, and you're consequently getting hit a lot in the fight, then you are gonna you are gonna start slow. It's inevitable. But this is where the art of the game comes in, and you got to be a lot more cleverer. So the guys that are a bit cleverer that have looked after their bodies, particularly during the time and when they were just before COVID, as long as they've done that well, they've got a better chance of coming out the other side. You look at Bernard Hopkins, I know he's the exception, he calls himself the alien, but the number one reason why Bernard Hopkins went on so long, because no poison went into his body. No alcohol, no drugs, nothing. And this is what these guys, you know, Mickey Duff said it to me years ago, he said, Gary, you've got to give yourself five good years of total commitment, because when it's over, are your peak, it is over. Yeah, you don't get your peak years back. So what these guys have got to do is have a, a real strong sense of resolve and passion for what they're doing. So that's all I can say on that. So that's for three minutes, but we can carry on now. The, um, it, it, I just wonder about guys who've had the routine broken. You know, guys mm. who, who've got jobs, guys who, who train at certain times of a day or they may train yeah. two or three times a day. All of a sudden they're getting a steady regular, regular 350 yeah. or 400 quid a week without having yeah. to fight, I just wonder if we'll drift away, especially yeah. for 30, 31, and they've already missed out on a title. There's going to be a, I think there's going to be a fair few kids like that lost who have got mm. maybe the British title eliminate the status where they're married, yeah. got a couple kids, they've gone and got a job during lockdown, might not be the job they want, but they, they're coming home with £400, they're at home all weekend, and suddenly they've got to, they're going to fight again, got to have six weeks off that job or pack it up, on a yeah. ticket, on a show, and they got to tell the wife that. Yeah. And you've got two kids. Yeah. It's not going to happen. You know, yeah. you know who has done really well so far, though? Guys like um, Jamie Quinn and people like that, these journeymen. I've, hey. I've seen Jamie Quinn more times on TV yeah. recently than I've seen him in my life. 
The thing is, is that they, they, they literally, because of the COVID rules and isolation and everything, you've got to be really careful um, where you get your foreign opponent from, yeah. you know, because they, you know, we obviously they can't get into the country and have COVID because that's it, it blows everything up. So everybody's being safe and getting these British kids, these British journeymen in the bubble quicker. And consequently, that's where we're getting our good fights um, from. I was what, what do you think about guys being turned around very quickly in this? In Macaulay this situation, because we, we saw Macaulay McGowan a couple yeah. of weeks ago get an absolute pasting off a, yeah. a Kazakh guy, who's at, and now he's fighting again this Saturday. He's fighting, um, right. he's been put on short notice at light middleweight again. Um, that, that seems to me like I, I don't like that. Macaulay's a good lad, and he took a real, a, a mm. real hiding that night, and they're throwing him straight back in. I See, this is, what, this, is, this is what we're saying again. We're saying again, you know, somebody's got to have somebody's got to have the good sense. And, and in their camp to say, right, he's taking a beat and he needs a bit of time out. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, obviously somebody hasn't. Somebody's cashing in, I would imagine. What, what about White and Povetkin as well? That was a quick turnaround for both guys. Povetkin yeah. didn't come yeah. out of that scot-free. I mean, that was, um, that was insane. That it's been, you know, I mean, Jesus. I mean, if, 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 um, if Povetkin doesn't get that, um, doesn't get COVID, they would have fought three weeks ago. Yeah. Which is just... Unreal. I mean, you just, I mean, having said that, we say it's unreal. In the 1920s, yeah, 30s, yeah. 40s, there we go. That, <laughs> that would have happened the next week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know, Gary, so, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not going to start talking 1920s or 30s because John and myself <laughs> will just go off. We'll come back an hour later and you'll be giving us <laughs> education on the 20s and 30s and fear might be on the line and that'll be it. Oh, well, yeah. I'm lost anyway when. when, when Spencer goes on. I love it when these people <laughs> try to take you on and talk history with you two. And um, I'm, I'm honest about it. I say I haven't got a great knowledge pre 1960s, you know? Yeah, fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. That's where me and John come in. That's where we come in, <laughs> But, um, Gary, thanks for coming on this week. Will you come on next month again? Because you've been a brilliant. Oh, I'd love to, man. I'd love to. Be a pleasure. And John, thank you very much as always, and we'll, we'll chat next week, mate. Maybe yeah, I'll talk to you next Gary come. We change the format and we talk about general things and talk for longer. I don't know. Maybe we'll change yeah. the format down the line because there's a lot Gary could have said there tonight. A lot more <laughs> that would have interested people. Good, great stuff, guys. Thanks very much. See you soon, Gary. Thanks. You take care. For all boxing info, news, and latest interviews, amateur and pro across and off. Click subscribe VIP boxing promotions also Twitter Instagram and Facebook